Hello and welcome to the Raw Central podcast from rawcentral.co.uk. I'm Lydia Starbuck, the news editor. I'm Brittany Barger and I'm the deputy editor. I'm Kristen Contino, chief reporter. And I'm Jess Isles, senior royal reporter and editorial assistant. And this is a special podcast. I don't think there's any prizes for guessing what the main topic of conversation in the royal world is this week. We're talking today about the interview that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex gave to Oprah Winfrey. It was broadcast on CBS on March the 7th, now almost a week later. Our focus today is the five questions that linger following that interview. You might have many more questions that you want to share with us on our social media, but we've got five questions that we're asking today. It was a hugely controversial interview. The ripples keep on rippling out. So should we start at the very beginning? Obviously, lots of claims made in this interview. The two most controversial being the Duchess of Sussex's um, discussion about how her mental health was really affected, how she had suicidal thoughts, and the comments that both the Duke and the Duchess of Sussex made about a conversation had with a member of the royal family, between a member of the royal family and Prince Harry, about how dark Archie's skin would be once Archie was born. So they they are obviously the two most controversial parts of this interview. Once it was broadcast, we waited quite a while to hear from the royal family. So that first question is, was the royal family's reaction good enough, given how controversial these allegations were? I think it was. They made it, how do I put this? They made it clear that this is a family matter and that they want to keep things between them. And they want to deal with this as a family and not in the media. So they didn't try to add any more controversy, open up any more can of worms. I mean, they, they just released a statement. They were very clear that they still love Harry, Meghan, and Archie. Um, they're still members of the family, but that they want to deal with this as a family, not in the, within the view of of the media and they did admit you know that they are going to look into the allegations that were brought up yeah I agree with you too and I think that anybody who was expecting the palace to come out with the rebuttal line by line either refuting or agreeing with everything that was in the interview was always going to be disappointed because history has shown us in reaction to other scandals that this is not the way that the royal family responds to stories like this they try to keep it in the family and resolve it as a family. And I also think a divide between cultures almost in the reaction to the royal family statement, because I think when I read the royal family statement, it was so short. And I, I thought my first reaction was, that's it. But talking to the Brits on the team, that was like, no, this is what they're actually saying. You're just reading it a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there yeah. was some very coded British language in there. I think the one sentence that really stands out is, while recollections may vary, because as many people have said, that is a very, very British way of saying, I'm not sure one agrees totally with everything you said. But it was done in a very discreet locate way. And I do agree. I think there is this kind of, the focus really is keeping it all behind palace doors, which is fair enough, because these are very personal and very damaging allegations as well. You know, it's a very serious matter. I don't think anyone's disputing that an allegation like that, particularly around race, is is an extremely serious one. But obviously, it needs to be dealt with extremely seriously. And like you say, Jess, it can't just be a media ding dong. It's got to be dealt with thoroughly and appropriately. And I felt the reaction almost came in two waves, didn't we? We got that very short 
statement from Buckingham Palace and then soon afterwards we saw the Duke of Cambridge out and about on his first public engagement since the interview he accompanied Kate to a school in East London and he had questions chucked at him and he answered back in a very firm but discreet way and I kind of thought if you put the two of those parts together you got a much fuller response which is probably adequate to what's happened if people are going to move on from it. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people wish more had been said, but like everyone said, the Queen is never going to discuss her personal matters in great depth. So, you know, that historically rings true. So I also think William had to respond to that question. He couldn't have ignored it. That would have looked way worse. So I think, you know, his response, given the situation and the question was appropriate. Yeah, if he hadn't answered it, somebody else would have asked it to another royal and another engagement so in a way it it almost had to be William that answered in my opinion it kind of that question being thrown out is the royal family racist him coming back we're very much not a racist family but it was that family undertone again wasn't it it kind of kept it all in this this sense of we need to sort this out as a family as a family unit it's not just what's been in the papers or what's been on TV, this actually affects us all as family members and we want to make sure every member of the family is well looked after. Mm -hmm. I actually got a little bit of a laugh at the beginning with William because when they asked him if he had spoken to Harry, he said, no, but I will be. And in my head, I just imagined it was just the way he said it. I met that was such a older brother moment of, yeah, I'll be talking to my little brother. It was the way he said it. It was like, that was not a prince talking about a prince. That was a older brother going to be talking to his little brother moment. <laughs> like that was, you know, that was a comment any normal person would have been making under, you know, oh, I'll be talking to him. Don't worry. <laughs> the, the tone that he said it was, oh yeah, I, I will be. It was, you know. Yeah. And we imagine. also had, we also had stories um, from the Sussex and the Cambridge camp saying that both brothers are united and that they will come together for the unveiling of their mother's statue. So I think that too was kind of reinforcing the idea that we are a family. We will work through this. We will get back together again. And siblings fight. Siblings fight, yeah. Yeah, I have three siblings, so trust me. (laughs) (laughs) I know, siblings fight. (laughs) But family was also at the heart of of that most serious allegation because Harry was quite clear that he'd had this conversation with someone and the, the possibility of how dark a child's skin might be was talked about by this person and Harry said it made him feel awkward. So I suppose that leaves another question hanging, doesn't it? Both Meghan and Harry said they wouldn't name names. They said it would be damaging. They were never going to go there. But then the conversation after the interview turned to whether actually it would have been better for the name to be put into the public domain, because at the moment it leaves a question mark over a number of people. Yeah, I think, you know, the implications of naming someone would be extremely severe, as you said, and the Sussexes said. So I understand why. They didn't name the person at the same time not naming them was almost worse reputation wise i think because it leaves the public to make these assumptions about everyone and you know there's a question mark over everyone's head and it makes us you know think about the royal family in a light that maybe some people had never considered or think about them in a negative way so you know it's it's a hard question because either way 
you know, it's a it's a very damaging allegation and it could cause real reputation damage either way. I mean, it has, not it could, it has at this point, you know, caused damage. Yeah, it was interesting. I thought that Oprah was so keen to say immediately after the interview had been broadcast, once this kind of question mark arose over who said the remark that she was very keen to emphasise that Harry had told her, it's not the Queen, it's not the Duke of Edinburgh, that they were taken out of the equation almost immediately, because until that was said, of course, they remained in the discussion. So I thought for me, that was a really interesting reaction that it is such a damaging thing for someone to be accused of saying that the that they were very, very eager to say, no, it wasn't the head of state, it wasn't her consort. So it, it kind of, you know, because you, if you look at a head of state saying something as damaging as that, that has massive implications. So the focus was very clearly on making sure some damage limitation took place. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's interesting that they did not, that Oprah did not eliminate some other people that she could have. Um and I'm not, we don't know who it was. Um, so, what, like you said, we're leaving this big question mark over so many people now. So, I, I really don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, Oprah said that she asked Prince Harry numerous times, both on and off camera, because there's quite a lot of this interview that actually never made it to screen, isn't there? We know there's a couple of hours that was edited out. We've we've seen about half of the material that was recorded, although the Sussexes said before it was broadcast, this is the, the definitive moment of them speaking out they don't intend to do anything further but Oprah said she asked many times on camera and off camera who it was and Harry has said he won't ever reveal it other than to say it's not the Queen and it's not the Duke of Edinburgh and like you say who knows what the right answer is maybe there is no right answer it is such um, a difficult situation so yeah it, it remains probably the biggest the biggest controversial statement from the whole interview but the interview was full of controversial statements it was full of um, moments where we were all thinking oh interesting 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 so maybe question number three is what surprised you the most about the interview there's plenty to pick from yeah, I don't think I, I can pick one I mean a yeah, lot me of <laughs> surprised me I don't think there's a person alive who wasn't shocked about the skin color comment and you know, I expected Megan to touch on how she had a difficult time with the press and, you know, adjusting to be a royal. I didn't expect her to say she was suicidal. Um, that truly did shock me. And, you know, I also, you know, taking out of those big moments, I also was surprised that Harry mentioned the breakdown, the extent of the breakdown of his relationship with his father, that it had got to the point of not taking his calls. I think a lot of people thought that the interview might be a little more general about, you know, them being unhappy about them dealing with the press and those sorts of things. But mentioning, you know, specifically how bad the relationship was with um, his father, that was a bit surprising. What surprised me the most was her comments when she admitted that she was suicidal. I mean, that that was something very, very heavy for and and brave of her to admit you know that's not something easy to come out and say it's not easy to come out and say to people that you know on a personal level much less to the entire world so you know to be able to do that was was brave but I was also surprised at the fact that she it was so royal family focused I was expecting you know maybe to touch a little bit more on her life 
because her family has been so controversial with her father, her sister. And I know that the, the, she did touch on her father and her sister in a clip that was released the following day. But I, th- I would have thought that part of that would have also been in, like in the big mm-hmm. interview. Um, she didn't mention her mom and how close, you know, we all know how close she is with her mom, Doria. Um, so I was a little surprised that that wasn't included. And also their future plans with Archwell and um, things like that. I would have thought they would have wanted to explain what their future charitable plans were going to be. Yeah, I was surprised by that as well, because I was looking forward to hearing about their plans and, you know, initiatives moving forward. And and that wasn't touched on. But again, it probably was and they didn't air it. So, yeah, Good I mean, point. yeah. But have been a two-part special to me. It almost warranted a two-point special, um, yeah. or just because there was so much to talk about. Uh, yeah, I wish we would have learned more about where they're going, and if this was the definitive interview, line in the sand. We're saying what we're saying now, and then we're moving on. I would have loved to have known. Like, we know they have the Spotify deal. We know they have the Netflix deal. What are you producing for Netflix? What kind of shows and what kind of podcasts? I would have loved more information on that. Yeah, that was kind of left hanging, wasn't it? Because before the interview, we were told it's going to kind of be a discussion of their lives, but the last bit is going to point forward and we'll find out what's going to happen in yeah. the future. And it kind of was, it was left there. I think for me, um, I was I was surprised at probably the lack of discussion about how much the controversial issues had been talked about within the royal family prior to the interview. I think I might have liked to have heard Oprah say at some point, what did the Queen say when you told her this? Because that gives them the opportunity to talk about why they felt they couldn't raise it within a royal context, which is important because obviously they felt very hurt. They felt very alone and very sad. That came through. You could see the pain that both of them were in. And I I, I found it surprising that the, the focus didn't switch to, you know, why they felt so alone. Maybe, as you say, all of these things disappeared on the cutting room floor because there was a lot to take in, even in the kind of 50% of the interview that we saw going out on CBS and then on ITV and here in the UK um, the following day. It was a very difficult interview to watch at times. Their pain was evident at times, but there were also happy moments. There were lighter moments. We saw Archie's chickens. We got news about the forthcoming royal baby. So our fourth question is, let's pick a favourite happier moment. What was it? What was what was the standout smile in the interview? So mine was drive safe. I thought that was really cute. <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> I love that. I wish I could have heard him say that. And I loved um, seeing Archie running on the beach. That was really sweet. And I was glad that we did get to see him briefly. I loved the little the little Archie's chicken sign. That was adorable. My favorite was when they brought in Harry and they announced that they were having a girl. Like his smile could not have been brighter. Because if you think back to the um, the tour that they were on when they first announced they were expecting Archie, someone's I believe it was on that tour. Someone said, "I hope it's a girl," and he said, "So do I." And so now. He's getting that girl. 
that that he wanted. Um, and I mean, you could honestly tell just like how excited he was. Yeah. And he even admitted, you know, that his family's complete now and everything. And so, but I mean, he, he looked literally like he was about to bounce out of his seat with so like so much excitement. So that was, that was my standout moment because it really was very, very sweet. I thought. It made me wonder yeah, how they'll I'm... how they'll announce that this new little baby has arrived because, like you said, he was so happy to say that they were expecting a little girl. And I think we all remember the day Archie was born, how happy and excited he was at the stables at Windsor Castle, telling the world about his little son. So I do hope that there's a video that comes out to announce her arrival, just to see how happy he was, happy he is in that moment. And we'll keep everything crossed that the medical professional that told them it's a girl was right. Because that could be awkward. It sometimes happens. They've got it wrong, but they seemed really, really confident that they've got a daughter on the way, which is lovely. And I agree. That was my standout happy moment. It's because he was just so over the moon. He couldn't contain himself. He was almost bouncing out of the seat. And it's uh it is something to look forward to, isn't it? This summer we get a, a brand new uh great granddaughter for the Queen. And I'm sure the Queen's just as excited because she's been keen to emphasize through all of this how much she loves her family, every single member of her family. But that brings us back to the word family. So I suppose our final question on this podcast is what happens next? Because so much has happened in such a short space of time. This time last week, we didn't even know what was in the interview. Now it feels like it's literally the only thing everyone's been talking about for the last however many days. Where do we go from here? I don't know. And that's what's the scary part. (laughs) I think we're in for a transformation. For sure. Um, I think anybody who thinks that this is going to bring down the monarchy is incorrect because they've weathered storm after storm, not just like with the abdication crisis and then with Diana's death, I mean, all throughout history. Um, They've weathered storms, but I think we're in for a transformation and serious conversations moving forward about how the members of the family are treated, for sure. Like, I don't think they're not going to learn from this moment and have plans in place for the next time a royal bride and if there's not a guide book for welcoming a spouse into the family and what she can expect somebody has surely been tasked to write that you know i think yeah the biggest thing i hope is you know the birth of a new child brings everyone back together Little Charlotte won't be the only uh, granddaughter for Charles anymore. She'll finally have a have another girl to play with. If 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 finally. you know they can ever if the pandemic ever allows travel again. Yeah, yes, because Charles said, yeah, when Charlotte was born, well, I've got a granddaughter to look after me now. So Charlotte's got someone to help with like the tea trays now and with like <laughs> get, getting Grandpa his favorite magazine. It's not all on her now. Mm-hmm. And we all know, but Charlotte will be the boss because we, we oh, can tell yes. with that little personality. <laughs> she is the boss. <laughs> yeah, and I but, think everyone hopes that this summer, you know, with the birth of the baby and July 1st with this statue unveiling that hopefully, you know, Harry can still attend that given, you know, travel restrictions. We're not sure what it will be like at that time, but I think everyone hopes that they can come back together for this event and, you know, start to rebuild those relationships. I think a lot of what's going to happen now is going to be behind the scenes. I don't think that we're going to see any more played out in the media. Um, I think they are going to be trying to, there's going to be some reconciliation going on, but it's going to be all behind palace doors. A lot of phone calls, trying to mend relationships. But I I, I think we're not going to see these statements and interviews 
now since the Sussexes have said, you know, that, that, that this is the end. That's they're not not doing any more interviews. Um, I think this might be the the last of of, the, of that. So now it's going to go back to being a private family issue to where they're they're going to figure things out on their own. And um, yeah, they'll show us that they've reconciled and that mm-hmm. they're moving forward. They're not going to tell us. Well, we'll see it in the future. Mm-hmm. In the words of the queen, you have to be seen to be believed. Or is that the Queen Mother? Who, whichever one it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a woman of Windsor. There we go. <laughs> the wise words of a woman of Windsor. Well, there is loads more on the Harry and Meghan interview on royalcentral.co.uk. When I say loads more, I mean loads more. You will find virtually every single angle covered there. And there's lots more coverage as we go forward. Plus lots on our social media as well on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. We'll have another podcast for you very soon as well. But thank you for listening to this one and goodbye.